First Epistle of John, chapter 3, reading from verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that he should place his very own spirit and life within us. That he would give the very life of his son to be our life, the son's life living through us. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he who is in us, that life of Christ that is in us, when he who is in us by the Spirit of God appears, when he who is in us is unveiled and is made manifest, we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is. It is the will of God that we will be conformed to the image of his son. It is the will of God that the life of his son and the person of Christ and the nature of God would be made manifest in us and through us. Verse 3, and every man that has this hope, this hope of that life of Christ coming forth, every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Everyone that has this hope endeavors to come into such a place of harmony and yieldedness to the Spirit of God and to the life of Christ in him that that life indeed might be made manifest and that we would indeed live and be manifested as the sons of God. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 that you and I are to be the epistles of Christ. Literally, we are to be as letters from God that the whole world can read. They may not read the Bible, but your life is, to, is as a letter that God has written to the world. But for that to be a reality, the very life and person of Christ needs to come forward. That Christ-likeness, that love of God, that patience of Christ, that kindness, that authority, the very nature of Christ must come forth. We are to manifest the life of Christ and the glory of God. The compassion of Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are the workmanship, Ephesians 2 verse 10, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in. You and I are God's workmanship, God's handiwork. Something God has formed and, and, and brought forth. God brought us forth how? By the faith of the operation in God, the Bible says, we were placed in Jesus and we were baptized into his death and we were buried with him. So that as we were raised up with him, it was no longer us that lived, but it is now Christ that lived in us. And that life that we now live is the life of Christ. And it is the will of God 
that now that that life of Christ is in us, that that life of Christ would be made manifest through us and would be revealed to us. And that we would do the very works that he had ordained for each and every one of us from before the foundation of the world. But the fulfillment of those things that he had ordained for us, the things that he had purposed, the things that he had spoken, the things that he desires for us to walk in, are only going to be fulfilled to the degree that that life of Christ comes forth. Or, let's put it this way, to the degree that we flow and function in that nature and in the very person of Christ. Hallelujah. This is the will of God. Now, it is not, that, it is not so much that we have to work it as much as it is we have to yield. And, then, and as we learn to yield and as we learn to cooperate with Him, then the gift begins to come forth. Then the power begins to be made manifested. But it is actually the Spirit of God that is at work within us. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For all the time God is at work within us, both to will and to do for His own pleasure. The Amplified says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. And it says in Philippians 1 verse 6, he who has begun a good work will complete it. He will complete it. But it is not by your might or by my power, but it is by the Holy Ghost. The transformation that needs to take place for us to be conformed to the image of Christ, not only on the inside, because on the inside, as he is, so are you. On the inside, your born-again spirit, the very essence of your, of your born-again spirit is Christ himself. He is your life. But the Bible says, Paul says in Galatians 4 verse 19, that I travail again that Christ might be formed in you. What is he talking about? Christ is already in me. But what is he talking about? Christ, yes, is in me, is in my spirit. But that same life of Christ that is in me needs to work its way out. Needs to be made manifest in my mind, in my will, in my emotions. I need to become captive to that life. I need to become a prisoner of his love. Amen? And that work of transformation is done by the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Ghost. But there is a cooperation that is required from us for him to perform or accomplish that, that, that transformation. There is a cooperation. And, and, and today, as we go, to, as I share this word, there's a couple of words that are going to come out. Like surrender. Spiritual hunger. Because he needs your cooperation. And this comes from us. The issue of surrendering and yielding and, and having a hunger. And a, the Bible says if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you're going to be filled. Humility. Recognizing that I can of myself do nothing. And humbling yourself as a little child and being so dependent on him. Holiness. Christ-likeness. Diligence. The Bible says to be diligent to make your calling and your election sure. Passion. Zeal. Prayer, obedience. It is in some of these very areas that, are, that, that, that God is going to make a request of us. Or may I even say a demand of us. 
that we are to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, then that life that is in us will come forth. Amen? Now, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, I'm actually calling today's message, um, Pressing or Press to Possess. And I'm connecting it up with this scripture, which, which will come up later on. I'm, I'm connecting it up with Philippians 3, verse 14, which says, I press for the mark. I press for the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So what is, what, what, what is, what is God after? What is, what is... What is it that God wants from us? What is his objective? We are to yield to him. We are to, 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 to be filled with his spirit. We are to hunger. We are to have a passion for his presence and so on. But why? What is the objective? What does he want out of this? What do we get out of it? Second Corinthians chapter 5. Reading from verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house... This tabernacle were dissolved, that we have a building of God, a house that is not made with hands, that is eternal in the heavens. But, and, in this, and in this house that we are in, we groan earnestly desiring, I mean you might be walking in health and that's wonderful, but from time to time there's a groaning that says, I, wanna, I, I, I don't like being trapped in this body, I don't like the limitations of this body, I don't like its, its mortality. So there's a groaning, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Now this clothed upon that we are desiring is, uh, 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 is not only for when we get to heaven, but even right now when we are here, there is a clothing that we desire. And the clothing that is from heaven is a clothing of the Holy Ghost. If so be that we be clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, we groan, being burdened. Not that we should be unclothed. Not because I want to cast off this body. Not because I want to physically die. But I will be clothed upon. That is, mortality shall be swallowed up of life. Now he that has wrought us, that has fashioned us, that has prepared us, that makes us fit for this very self-same thing is God. It is the very thing that God himself desires that you and I would be clothed with this house from on high and he has also given unto us the earnestness of the spirit he has given us the guarantee of the Holy Spirit what is this clothing we are talking about the Bible says in, in um, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 it speaks about that I might know him and that I might know this love of God that passes all knowledge. That I might become so intimate and so much in oneness with this love of God that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. It is talking about being filled with all of the fullness of God. It is talking about being clothed by the Holy Spirit. It is talking about you, your house becoming, let's put it this way. You know, and now this is a little bit negative, but let's flip it around just to, to capture it. You know, you talk about somebody being um, demon-possessed and so on and so forth. 
and then you talk about the various degrees of possession. I, you know, a, a demon spirit might come upon them sometime, and then all the time they okay. But let's flip that around. But the devil does that by force. But can you imagine here we are, and we, we, just, we just consciously yield to the Spirit of God. And our cry to Him is that He will just consume us. That He will consume our very thought, our, our, our every action. That He would consume our desires. That we would be so consumed by Him. Or, 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 or that we would be possessed by Him. And that verse 5 is saying that it is for this very purpose. It is God has fashioned us and He's designed us and He's prepared us. And this is His objective. Amen? That we would be so consumed by Him. That we would be filled with all of His fullness. That as Paul says, I go bound in the Spirit. That we would be so yielded that, he, there, would be, that, that there would be nothing that would hinder Him from doing whatever he wants to do with you and through you. Are you with me? So God wants you and I to be his vessel. He, God, he wants you to be his mouthpiece. He wants you to be his voice. He wants you to be the very expression of himself. The very expression of Christ in the earth. And that's why it says in 1 John 4, 9. Herein is the love of God made manifest. That we might live through him. That our life of Christ might be living in you and through you. Now, is Christ in you? Of course Christ is in you. Christ is in you once you're born again. And the Christ, the Christ that is in you, the Bible says that the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. Colossians 2, 9. So Christ, with all of the fullness of the Godhead, lives on the inside of your spirit. No wonder you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. No wonder he's given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. No wonder you are perfected forever in Christ. Because everything within your spirit is God. And all that God is, he is in you. All that God is, he is in you. And all that God is, he is in you and he wants to express through you. Now if you think about that, that is so huge in and of itself that there is no way we can accomplish that by, main, by bare human means. We have no idea how to do that. But the Holy Ghost does. And the Bible says He helps us in those areas where, where we are weak, where we are ignorant, where we don't have enough knowledge and understanding. He makes intercession. He works through us. He's at work within us both to will and to do for His good pleasure. He is at work within us what for? To bring forth that which the Father has originally intended and what the Father desires. He is here as the revealer of Christ in you and Christ through you. Jesus says when the Holy Ghost has come, he will, he will take the things of mine, He will reveal it unto you. He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Jesus says he will glorify me. What does that mean? He will come and he will reveal and unveil Christ in you and through you. Hallelujah. So God desires to possess your entire being. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 says, Paul says, I pray that God might sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, completely, every part of you, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. And then verse 24 says, he is faithful to do it. So what is this high call? 
What is this high call? This high call is, to, is, is where it's for you to be um, possessed by God. Let's put it that way. God's standard for your life and mine is the very life of Christ that is, must, must be living in you and through you. That's God's standard. That's what he's after. That full expression of the life of Christ in you and through you. Now, what, 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 what's, what's our part? What, what do we want out of this? That's what God wants out of it. God wants you to be his house that he has total, complete charge and is in possession of. But now the reverse is also true. He wants to possess you, but we want to possess him. Amen? And the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit is to that end. It is to that end that he might get a hold of you and that we might get a hold of him. What do we want? What, what should we want? Well, for one thing, we should desire that whatever he desires be fulfilled. We should desire that if that's what he wants to have full possession of us, we want him to have that. But we also want to have full possession of him. Because at the end of the day, this covenant relationship that we have come into, he himself is our inheritance. Think about that. How rich are you? God himself is your inheritance. And that verse 5 was saying that the Holy Ghost is an earnestness, is a fulfillment or is a deposit or is a guarantee of that inheritance. He is a portion of... That guarantees there's much more to come. Are you with me? Hallelujah. But we must desire that. I desire that I would be clothed with him. I desire that he would so possess me. But I also want, I want to possess him. I want to be filled with all of his fullness. But yet being filled with all of his fullness takes a, a, a for this to happen, there's a cooperation on my part. Because Ephesians 3 verse 19 speaks about the fact that I might know that love of God that passes all knowledge. Amen? And that I might be filled with all of the fullness. But that is the objective for me. That's my, that's my reward. That's your reward. The reward is when you are filled with all of his fullness. Can you imagine what that would be like? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 calls it growing up into the full measure of the statue of Christ himself and his anointing. And his person. How do we get there? Are we going to get there with normal Christianity? Are we going to get there by Kesara Are we going to get there by being complacent? Are we going to get there by just, you know, fitting God in here and there? How do we get there? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3. Now, if you want to shout up, if you want to jump up and shout and run around, you can do that. <laughs> Amen? This is a good shouting message, don't you think? <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Philippians chapter 3. What do we mean being possessed by the Holy Spirit? What do we mean? To be... Being possessed by the Holy Spirit is, is surrendering to the Holy Spirit who is the one that reveals Christ in you and through you. It means being consumed with the revelation of Christ, his person, who he is. Being consumed with the revelation of his life, his death, his resurrection. Being consumed and, 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 and functional in regards to his authority, 
His power, His compassion, be consumed with Him and all that He is. This is what God desires. And this is what we also should desire. And as we get there, as we get to that mark, what happens in the process, what would happen that we too will be filled with all of the fullness of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Alright, are you there? Philippians chapter 3. Let's pick it up in verse 7. And Paul had a pretty successful life in the church world, so to speak, or in the synagogue, and in that world before coming to Christ. And he says in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ. That's an interesting statement. It didn't say the things that were in opposition to me. It says even the very things that were gained, even if some of those very good, profitable things, he says, I count them at a loss for Christ. He didn't say they're useless. He says, I count them at a loss. He says, I have got such a laser focus on getting a hold of Christ, getting a manifest in his life, having him as my very reward, having him as my inheritance and my possession. I am so focused on that that I will not even allow the successes and, and whatever I have gained to slow me down and, and hinder me. Amen? He said, yeah, doubtless. He said, I count it but loss for Christ. Yeah, doubtless. And I count all but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. For the excellency of his love and his joy and his, 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 his power and his grace and his, his character and his anointing and his person. Paul says, that's what I'm after. And I count, I count everything else but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For another word knowledge has to do with intimacy. It is not just an academic mental knowing thing. It has to do with intimacy. Amen. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all. And I count them but down. In other words, even those things that I lost, whether they were costly, whether they were for me, whether they were against me, whether they were gain. He says, I count them all but loss. I count them all but loss. I, I, whatever, he said, I count them all as down. In other words, in comparison with winning Christ and getting possession of him and his life and functioning in him. In comparison with that, everything else is but down. Amen? And that I might be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the very righteousness, which is of God, by faith, by the faith of Christ. I want to be in that place where I am found. Whenever you come looking for me, that's where I am. I'm in him. I'm functioning in his righteousness. And then verse 10, that I might know him. Now listen to the hunger here. Because you see, what we're talking about here, this is, is going to talk about pressing for that mark. But what is the press involved? What does it involve? What we see here is a passion. We see a determination. We see a resolve. We see a passion for Christ, for his person, to be intimate with him, to know him. And that I might know him. Not just know about him, but that I might know him. Intellectually. Now later on, we're going to have to ask the question, how do I press? What is it going to be required of me? What does surrender mean? What does yieldedness mean? What does this prayer mean? What's all of that? Because you cannot know 
anyone without spending quality time with them. Amen? I didn't just say time, I said quality time. Isn't that right? That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That is, the Amplified says, that if possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while I'm in the body. So that even though I'm in this body that is corruptible, yet even though I'm still living here, still somehow, I'm not trying to be found naked. I don't want to get rid of this body. I still need to stay here for a while. But even while I'm in this body, I want to be clothed with him. I want that house that is from heaven. I want to be clothed with the Holy Ghost and with his power. I want to live still in this body, but as if indeed I've been resurrected and seated at his right hand. I want to function in his life, function in his authority, function in his glory, function in his power. You know, the other day I was, I, I was praying a little bit and, um, you know, there's always been this, this apparent contradiction and confusion, you know, because we'll, have a, we'll talk about Christ, we'll talk about the presence of God in us, and then on the other hand, then we want to pray, we want to ask God to let his presence show up, and, 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 and these various things, and it seems like, which is it? And you know, the Lord brought a clarity to me that I found was very interesting, and it is simply this. What happened is that in your spirit, all of, whether it be the Christ, whether it be his, his love, whether it be his nature, whether it be um, his presence, you have it all. You've got his presence. So I can't cry out for his presence from the standpoint of him filling me with his presence in that sense. But at the same time, because my soul area, my mind, my will, my emotions, even my body and the environment are sometimes not quite there. There needs to be a cry that comes from the inside of me that says, Oh God, clothe me. Lord, I'm so hungry for your presence. I want to just sense your nearness. I want that presence to permeate my very soul. I want it to be in my thinking. I want it to affect my emotions. You see, Christ is in me. The Bible says, If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Is that right? Romans 8 verse 9. So you do have Christ in you. But even though you have Christ in you, yet Paul prays in Galatians 4 verse 19, he says, I travail again that Christ might be formed in you. What do you mean formed in me? I thought I have him. What is he talking about? He's talking about in that soul arena. Ephesians chapter 3, we pray that God will strengthen us with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in my heart by faith. What's up? I thought he's already here. Are you with me? But what are we talking about? It is talking about the fact that what I've got in my spirit needs to come to the outside. And so this crying, this pressing, this surrendering, this yielding, are just means by which I'm able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that he can pull those things out, that he can produce the transformation that needs to take place in my soul area and then even eventually in my physical body. Are you with me? And this is what's driving Paul. So Paul says that even though I'm here in this body, nevertheless, I believe that I can live a life as if I've already been raised up from the dead, seated in Christ Jesus, seated at the Father's right hand, living in the newness of life. Hallelujah. So he says, brethren, because that is, a, verse 12, sorry, not as though I had already attained, not as if I've already uh, uh, arrived to this place of perfection, but 
but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which God has apprehended me. I want to get a hold of the very, of the very thing that God, um, why God got a hold of me, 